there's a new spirit of provincialism around. Move the House of Lords to York, build the HS2 train line up to Birmingham and all points north at a hundred billion pound cost, just so we can have 250 mile per hour trains. In many ways, it's commendable. The big bucks London elite have had it their way for too long. But it also displays a small-mindedness that is symptomatic of the new parochial worldview that is taking hold everywhere. So what? Well, let's just, I mean, <laughs> just uh, run back on that. I mean, yeah, they're moving the House of Lords to York or Birmingham. It would be far more logical to move the damn thing to Birmingham. London, it's in London, and all the uh, many of the lords, I know them, who go in for an hour or less and claim their £300 a day expenses and then go away again. Um, delightful for them. Uh, God, wouldn't we all love to be on that gravy train? And they... Um, they don't even have to say anything. They just just nip in, sign, and go away again. Um, so, so it's great for the uh, the old politicians' club. Most of them are old politicians or businessmen who have, in some way, po- promoted the political parties. Um, and and there's a whole new swathe of them going in now. Um, gosh, John Burko's going to get snuck in by Jeremy Corbyn. His own political party, the Tories, would never nominate him after he shafted them. He didn't shaft them, actually. He saved them because uh, because his intransigence meant that they won vast big time in the general election. Um, so, so he did him a big favour, and he really smashed Labour. But uh, uh, but that's not how Jeremy Corbyn views it. Jeremy Corbyn's grateful for his support over the Brexit issue, and he's supposed to be partisan, you know, the Speaker of the House. He wasn't, was he? God, blimey. But um, but fine, yeah. Well, I suppose he, if you're... Yeah, it depends on your perspective, doesn't it? If you're a Remainer or a Lever or whatever as to how you view Burko. I am sidetracking. The point is we're going to move the whole darn kit and caboodle, the whole House of Lords, up north uh, to support the provinces who supported Boris Johnson in the general election. Bless them, they need their reward. And actually, it's only fair. Fair play. It's ridiculous, the London-centric everything. Um, I mean, I've moved out of London, so I, I, what am I to say about it? I reckon it's for the best, but um, it would be actually this all all this talk of York. York is one of the prettiest cities in Britain, and one of the ones which uh, has the greatest history. But Birmingham would be much more logical because of the rail links. Um, Birmingham is a nice, uh, is like a hub with um, links to Manchester and the. East Midlands and Sheffield Leeds and the, sorry, vice versa, Manchester and the West Midlands, Sheffield Leeds and the East Midlands and and down to London, fast links now. With our 250 mile an hour trains, what are we, blooming Chinese? What do we want those for? We're going to spend, it's going to cost um, 
it's going to cost a hundred billion pounds. Thirty-eight billion for phase one is the latest estimate, providing it doesn't creep up, and it probably will, from London to Birmingham, for you know, for demolishing all those homes and just charging in with a straight rail line that can run 250 mile an hour trains. Nobody needs 250 mile an hour trains. Uh, except the Chinese, but they can enjoy them. Um, the uh, um, <laughs> and then and then what? It's going to cost another um, phase two. They call it. Well, phase two A is comparatively cheap at uh, four billion. That takes it up to crew and 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 then the rest then. Um, to run that on to Manchester on the East Midlands and Leeds uh, going direct up from Birmingham in the other direction on, oh, sorry, vice versa, Manchester in the West Midlands, Leeds in the East Midlands. That's going to cost another $36 billion. It's nearly $100 billion, this crazy 250-mile-an-hour train. I mean, have you any idea how much money that is? What's the point? Uh, well, we'll do it because Boris is uh, in love now with the North. Um, fine. I, I think they, yeah. And the House of Lords will go. I think it'll end up going to Birmingham, but it'll go anyway. It'll leave London. It's not a bad idea. Um, I remember Sultan Kabus in Oman used to have his Meet the People tour, and he would take his government around the country. Um, and I quite like that. For a month, uh, his ministers would, would disappear and, and with him and, and live in tents and move around from place to place. It did them a lot of good. But uh, it's not a bad idea having, um, having a second assembly in the provinces. Second assemblies are not a bad deal. I mean, they, they do... They are useful, really. They are a, a break on the elected representatives who can get go a little wild now and again um so it's not a bad deal it's one of the failures of iraq that they've never had their upper house which is provided for in the constitution but the lower house are too selfish to allow it to happen um so you know the second 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 chambers work very well you know you look at america uh trump would uh, be out now if it were down to the lower house but the upper house the senate has the uh, has the final say and um he, he, of course he won't go anywhere um now you might regard it as a disappointment that the lower house doesn't have free uh, lower houses it's democracy let them let them but no um a second chamber is a break uh, we're going to have more elected members in the in the second chamber in the House of Lords, according to to um, uh, well, according to Mr. Cummings, uh, who is uh, who is of course Boris's eminence Grease, his his puppet master. Um, yeah, Dominic Cummings. I mean, he's he has so many reforms, doesn't he? He's going to uh, abolish the High Court, or at least he, they've already put in put something together that's going to look at the powers of the High Court and the Chancellor, and he he is personally committed to abolishing the High Court. Uh, can you blame him? No, they shafted him, or tried to, um, and uh, over Brexit, didn't they? And over, well, 
he described his uh, his pet Boris as as um, having misbehaved in regard to the Queen. Well, he didn't really, but um, you lied to the Queen. Oh, for goodness sake, how childish. Um, uh, he, he, he just tried to exploit the system like all the rest of these politicians. Anyhow, the point is that we have all this provincialism. In a way, it's commendable. And we're going to spend a blooming fortune on pleasing the... Well, why not? Either down in Cornwall. It's been neglected for years. The railway's no longer double-tracked all the way. You spend a fraction of that <laughs> that hundred billion on double tracking the railways down to Penzance. I wouldn't be. I'd be grateful. God, we have awful trains. The new trains, new trains are just rubbish. So uncomfortable. Anyway, never mind. Why am I complaining? It's um, it's it's, it's what it is. Um, but um, yeah, and. It'll be nice to see property prices falling in London and the rest of the world catching up. Uh, do you think property prices will fall? It would be a delight, wouldn't it? That was what um, that was what the World Bank was threatening us with. That woman, when she was head of the World Bank, that French lady, she said, "Oh, don't do Brexit. Property prices in London will fall. Chance, fat chance of that. It would be uh, delightful if they did." Um, Anyway, but uh, but what am I complaining about here? I'm not complaining about the provinces getting their shout, but I am complaining about the reason, which is this new spirit of parochialism, which is sweeping the world. We are becoming much more parochial. Now, maybe it's a good thing. Iraq maybe should split up into three and... You have a Sunni area, a Shiite area, and a Kurdish area. Um, parochialism can be good, perhaps. A force for the good. Let's divide up all these countries. Let's make things more parochial. Um, I don't know. But I still have a dream. A dream of a world without frontiers. A dream of... Um, I mean, yeah, the great Lebanese mystic Khalil Gilbran used to believe, I often think of him in this context, in a world without frontiers. It would be better, wouldn't it? Uh, can we have it? I mean, it would mean the free movement of people all over the world, and what would that do? Well, change us, wouldn't it? Um... Our identities would be swamped. It's borders that keep our identities now. And um, maybe we need that. Maybe we need our identities. Maybe we need to be parochial. It's a tough call, actually. Uh, but ultimately, I'm a believer in the Blue Mink song, um, um, the world is just a melting pot. You can, it's a sweet song. You look it up sometime. It's from the 60s. Um, and uh, basically the key line is that we could all be churning out coffee-colored people by the score. I think that's kind of 
the ultimate answer. Sick and tired of of these divisions. I do want a spirit of inclusivity. Tired of hearing people saying, I'm Christian, you're Muslim, I'm British, you're, I don't know, whatever you are, Syrian. We all need to be one. One world, one future, and there are consequences, and they are painful. It means culture aside, doesn't it? It means destroying much that we hold dear, but I think ultimately has to be the way. Well, these ways, that's my opinion. Not sure about yours. Okay, God bless. Bye.